Yes, we got hooked up. Paul must have fixed it. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. off on the start and i have to cough so there you go welcome to the saturday edition the old radio ranch here at the uh, euro folk radio network we did seamlessly hook up with the server today that's good news got a nice group of folks on here it's the 15th of october the saturday edition which i kind of appreciate the saturday editions actually and uh, a little different seems like Thursday and Saturday seem to be a little different. Roger Sales with you, of course, and a good group of guys and gals here on the Jitsi board, wherever you may be listening live in the world, or whether you're listening uh, later on a podcast out of the CastBox archives. Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Good. Mm, okay, thanks. Yeah, I know everybody's got their mute on. Uh, we were conversing with Ron just as we got started, and, he, and I didn't know that you had lived in Germany for how long did you live over there, Ron? I lived over there a total of three years, but it was two totally different. One one year is one thing, and then two years is a, is another. Okay, and two years. Where where was the longest? Down close to Switzerland. No, that was the the first one, which was a year. I volunteered as a missionary for a year with uh, a European missionary organization. And then the uh, second two years, I got transferred by a manufacturing company that I worked for in Georgia. They transferred me to their corporate headquarters, which was about 45 minutes outside of uh, Frankfurt, but it was in Bavaria. Okay. Really interesting part of the world. Um, I was asking Ron if he... uh if you drove past the BIS, and your response was? I don't know what the BIS is. The BIS is called the Bank of International Settlements. It was founded, and it's alluded to in that book that I refer to often, the 31 Collective Speeches of William Congressman Lewis T. McFadden. You heard me mention that, Ron? Yes, I have heard you mention that. Uh, that is a book. If any of y'all, if you really want a chronological, accurate uh, uh, record of what happened in those years, find that book and get it. Okay, and that book is uh, somebody went through the congressional record and pulled out thirty-one speeches from Congressman Lewis T. McFadden, who we'll talk about here in a minute. And uh, this was back when they were actually speaking on the House floor, because you can see when you're reading it that it'll break and say applause, 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 you know, so it wasn't like special orders, that crap they do today. Um, and uh, Lewis T. McFadden, if you don't know much about him, one of probably one of the greatest statesmen our country's ever produced, in all honesty, somebody you never heard of, and that's the reason. Uh, they try and wipe him from history because he was so accurate. He was a uh, banker in his uh, regular career and uh, uh, had worked his way up from emptying trash cans to the president of the bank. And then he ran for Congress and got elected in the teens. Uh, I, I want to say around 1916, maybe. 
and from the minute he hit the House of Representatives, he was named the head of the House Banking Committee because of his background. Back then, the House used to have a banking committee, evidently. And he he gets up there in those 31 speeches and tells you exactly what's going on. Okay, And they finally killed him on the fourth attempt, and they poisoned him at a dinner at the Waldorf, <laughs> Waldorf Astoria in New York. Um, some of his speeches are titled, The Jews Have All the Gold and the Gentiles Have All the Paper, if that gives you any indication about uh, what his bent was. Um, he was the one, one of the only two places I've found in all the research I've done over all these years where people actually knew what was going on or saw it. They didn't understand the end game. We know the end game now, see? They were just trying to put these pieces together from the assemblage as they built it. Uh, the first two were in the descent of U.S. versus Wong Kim Ark. Uh, in 1898, I believe. And that's where they took the 14th Amendment status and spread it from just blacks to the superstructure. And, of course, Wong Kim Ark was obviously not black. He was Chinese. And uh, so that opened up for Chinese coolies, Mexican peons, and eventually everybody in the white race, which is who they were trying to capture in the first place. Um, and in that dissent, it's notable that the dissent was written by the chief justice of the Supreme Court, who sat as a chief justice for, for numerous years. His name was Fuller, Chief Justice Fuller. He had a real estate background. I did a little research on these guys. He was from Maine, and he ended up going and getting into law school and getting into law, and then he was a, a property attorney in Chicago. Uh, throughout his career and that's obviously how he had this perception of the feudal system because he was a property law lawyer okay Uh, obviously he'd been exposed to that along the way and the other person who dissented in that opinion is uh the great dissenter john harlan who wrote one of the greatest justices we've ever had up there really uh john harlan was called uh, his nickname was the great dissenter and uh, he's the one that wrote the dissent, that wonderful dissent in Downs v. Bidwell. Uh, have, have y'all, have, have y'all remember me talking about this? Have you been exposed to Downs v. Bidwell yet? Nobody? Uh, you can go look it up. In fact, I wish somebody would. Paul, while I'm talking here, why don't you go over to Wikipedia, if you would, and look up Downs v. Bidwell, just like it just like it sounds, Downs D O W N E S V Bidwell, and that site, unbelievably enough, that descent from that case is in Wikipedia, and it's so damning, man, and it's just a really good taste of uh, John Harlan, who later, by the way, his son. Uh, he was from a, a blue blood a blue blood family in Kentucky, and uh, his uh, his son actually followed him as a justice on the Supreme Court too. Which I don't know how many times that's happened, but it's kind of unusual to me. Anyway, those are the two guys: uh, John Harlan and Ch- Chief Justice Fuller in in U.S. versus Wong Kim Ark that tell you exactly it's a feudal system. The 14th Amendment, I I, I can't quote it verbatim, but it's very eloquent. 
uh, the 14th Amendment uh, brought the English variety of slavery onto our continent for the first time, just as England was being relieved of its inconvenience. It was the relationship of, here you go, a liege man to a liege lord, and it was absolute and unbending in time or place. Okay, that's out of Wong Kim Ark. Um, I've got it somewhere. I could send it to you, but I can't read it to you. Um, and uh, so that was uh, the very first indication that, that I've ever seen where somebody had the idea that this was the feudal system. Okay, Then you go on uh, just a couple of years later. Uh, and uh, and the in this uh, Downs v. Bidwell case, Downs v. Bidwell is part of a group of cases called the Insular Cases, I-N-S-U-L-A-R, the Insular Cases. And this had to do uh, around the Philippines War and all that over there in uh, the other part of the world where they set up American Samoa. Okay? So that's what... John, uh, John Harlan saw when he wrote this dissent in Downs v. Bidwell. Have you located that, Paul? Oh, yeah. Why don't you read I it? Have. Read it Read it to us, because it's a little bit down the page there, and it's just a paragraph, but boy, you want to hear somebody that saw what was coming? Read, read that to the audience, would you, Paul, please? Uh, okay, give me just one second here. I, I found it in PDF format, and I pasted the link into the Jitsi chat. I also found uh, McFadden's Federal Reserve Exposed, the collective speeches. I have just pasted a link to that. That book, that book is fantastic. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Downs v. Bidwell. Let's see if this is the right one. Supreme Court of the United States, 182 U.S. 244. It's 1901. Just scroll down through. The the site is down a little bit from the the verbiage. You don't have to read all the verbiage. I just want that site out of there. Okay. Just scroll down the page a little bit. You'll see it if they haven't yanked it. What am I looking for? A site from Downs v. Bidwell. They only cite a little bit of the case. They tell you about it, and then they pull this site out there in in Wikipedia, of all places. Oh, I didn't look it up in Wikipedia. Oh, that's where you need it. No, 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 no. That's why I said go to Wikipedia, if you would, and it's got this site pulled out of the case. Um, It's in the chat. Okay, the site or the link or what? Yes, the link. Okay. okay, well, uh, just open it up and scroll and down, and I'll give you a little more background on it. Uh, and so this is when they were taking a bunch of these territories that they had uh, uh, taken over over in the South Pacific, and this is one of those cases, and what is like the slaughterhouse cases, you know, when they it's a plural. And the reason for that is there was a number of court cases that came out of this situation, and they bundle them all together and call them the cases. So that's this is the insular cases. Downs v. Bidwell is one of those. And I don't know the whole background on this case, but this site is just so incredible, his insight and his language and uh, his obvious feelings towards the country. Have you located it, Paul? Um, okay, we've got Supreme Court and DeLima v. Bidwell had decided that ever since Puerto Rico had been no, I'm just looking. I'm not, well, we can. You, you, the background's not bad, but I'm just looking for that site that's on the page under decision. 
I guess it's somewhere down the what page. What about holding? What about what? Holding. Holding. There's a, a section there that says holding. The Constitution does not necessarily apply to territories. Instead, I, Congress has jurisdiction to create law within territories. That's not the one I'm looking for. He comes okay. out and lays it out. The idea prevails with some. There it is. It has ex- Thank you. Go ahead. Indeed, it has expression and arguments at the bar that we have in this country, substantially two national governments, one to be maintained under the Constitution with all its restrictions, the other to be maintained by Congress outside and independently independently of that instrument by exercising such powers as other nations of the earth are accustomed to. And then it goes on. I take leave to say that if the principles thus announced should ever receive the sanction of a majority of this court, a radical and mischievous change in our system will result. We will, in that event, pass from the era of constitutional liberty, guarded and protected by a written constitution, into an era of legislative absolutism. It will be an evil day for American liberty if the theory of a government outside of the supreme law of the land finds lodgment in our constitutional jurisprudence. No higher authority rests upon this court than to exert its full authority to prevent all violation of the principles of the Constitution. How accurate is that, kids? Quite. That was 1901. Imagine having nine justices like that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, saints preserve us. So uh, anyway, that w- that's Harlan. I just wanted to bring that out because it's a great example of him. And he he was, as I said, he got a nickname called the Great Dissenter. Okay, because he was always writing these dissents. Interestingly enough, he wrote a dissent, the dissent, I guess, in Plessy versus Ferguson too. Interesting. Okay. So he wrote the dissent in Plessy v. Ferguson in 1894, I think. He writes and chimes in on the dissent in Wong Kim Ark, and he writes that dissent right there a couple of years later. So you can pretty well see his orientation. Okay. Anyway, uh, back to McFadden. Um, McFadden uh, lays out in that book everything that was happening because he was a banker and he understood all this stuff. And uh, I w- highly encourage you, if you really want to get the historical background, and I mean accurate, go get that 31 collective speeches of Lewis T. McFadden. I'm going to tell you how good – how I, I did a, a bunch of research into McFadden because I was just curious about him. And I've picked up a factoid in there that still absolutely – astounds me okay and i think it will you too especially here we are in election season with a critical midterm election a couple of weeks away the last time he ran for congress in his district he was nominated by the republicans the democrats and the populist party he got the nomination for all three parties from his district now tell me how unusual is that I mean, it's unheard of, okay? So that's the kind of guy. Well, in that, uh, Ron, to get back to where we started here, in one of his speeches, he goes into the whole Bank of International Settlements and the founding of it because that's when they founded it. And it's interesting to me that you'd never heard of it. How many other people on here hadn't heard of the BIS? Anybody? 
because I, I mean, I've been studying this economic stuff for the whole time I've been studying this, but it's amazing to me. You have well, it's called the, not. the Bank of International. First, I've heard of it. Okay, it's called the BIS. Is what they call it. It's a Bank of International Settlements. It's in Basel, Switzerland, right where Ron used to live. Also, you know what else happens in Basel, Switzerland, every ten years, Ron? Do you? I do not know the meeting of the ten-year uh, meeting of the Communist International started there in 1919 it's been meeting every 10 years ever since that's where this whole plan was cooked up that we're living in right now at the bis there in basel switzerland and you can go look up on wikipedia do your own homework uh that's it's called the bankers bank so you thought the central banks were the bankers bank it's the bank of international settlements they control every central bank in the world they control every stock market in the world. They control every futures market in the world. They control every commodities market in the world. And you guys have never heard of them. That's the way they like it. Stealth. It's exactly Isn't the way that a massive like round brown building, Roger? Yes, and it also has the uh, distinction that it has, is sovereign territory. Just like mm-hmm. D.C., just like the city of London, just like the Vatican. The Swiss government cannot go into that building without permission. They cannot serve them with papers. They can't do anything into that bank of international settlement property. Okay, Aren't they the ones, was it them or the IMF a few years ago that rescheduled, I'm going to call it, gold? Well, I, you know, they may have. They're involved in everything. They're the oversight organization of all of this it's all orchestrated out of basel switzerland the bank of international settlements okay so anyway that that uh came up to me when we're having this conversation with ron about germany and the fact you lived right outside of basel switzerland didn't he probably drove past this place didn't even know what it was ron all the time i went to church in basel and so i was there every week and so yeah i went down there and yeah, I had no idea it existed. and I mean, I was a different person. That was 20 years ago. Sure, so. no, I understand. I understand. But uh, anyway, so that's a little history on the Basel, Switzerland thing. I was going to tell you about my trip over there when Carrot Bars was around, a German company selling uh, grams of gold and small sizes of gold. And I won a company contest there at one point, and we got to go. They brought us all over to Stuttgart. Uh, corporate offices and wined and dined us and took us over and i forgot i don't remember the name of the town i keep forgetting it it's the second largest town in czech republic and it's not it it, 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 obviously it's not uh, prague it's but it's another big town over there and they have the gp race the motorcycle race and it was the last race of the season, and they took us over there for the weekend and put us up in one of those five-star spa deals, which was fantastic, really. And, uh, you know, took us to the race every day, and we had uh, right at the key key turn uh, of the of the racetrack. There's a quarter of a million people there that weekend, okay? Uh, at the key turn of the uh, racetrack, they had a VIP tent, and that's where they stuck us for two days, and... I mean, is anything you wanted from breakfast to dinner and drinks, anything else, just totally carte blanche. And uh, all these cute little waitresses running around and taking care of you. And it was just a 
really fantastic trip. I was very impressed with Germany in the the couple of days I got to spend in Stuttgart uh, because of I, it just uh, struck me everything was so neat and organized. Ron, is that what you remember from your time over there? I mean, the German people are uh, it, it, they. It was just amazing to me, you know. After being, I'd been in Argentina a few years by that time, but. Uh, I was just very impressed with the way they did things over there, you know. Uh, oh, it definitely was. And, um, you know, they have a saying, Ordnung muss sein, you know, order must be. And, yeah, you would see people out in front of their homes sweeping the curb, literally, right, to right. keep it clean. Right. Hmm. Now, I remember was when that I, Bruno? Pardon? Yeah, Bruno. That's what it was. Exactly, Paul. Yeah. So One interesting uh, German tidbit that relates to what we normally talk about. Um, I remember in 2008 when I applied for a visa for the second time, when I went over there as a corporate employee, I remember on the application, the visa application that was in English, they talked about um, the federal territories of Germany. And that was like the, the English translation of it. And, you know, now with the eyes that I have now that most of us have, it'd be interesting to go back and read some of that stuff and just see, you know, what they're bamboozling people with, with some of these, the, the paperwork that we, we all would just normally fill out. Right. Right. Well, I remember we uh, we got a few, you know, some time to ourselves there in Stuttgart. Lovely, lovely town, really. Uh, a lot of history, especially from the war. A Porsche is there, I know. Um and uh, we went to uh, downtown Stuttgart, and they've got to turn it into a walking section. You're, did you ever go to Stuttgart, Ron? Yes. I went okay, there you know, in the I've square. Had some friends near the, there. I'm the, sorry? The square downtown where they've got the monuments and all that stuff, and it's all walking and shopping now. You, that's probably before your time. Uh, after I've been there, but I, I can vaguely remember it. It's been a, a number of years. Well, they've got some pretty important monuments there if they hadn't torn them down. Black Lives Matter hadn't gone, torn them down. Uh, but they, I went into this uh, real nice mall, and I was after some electronic stuff because in Argentina, the Apple <laughs> <laughs> Apple will not open a store in Argentina. <laughs> you can't get an Apple product in Argentina that you don't bring into the country. Okay. And so I was just wanting to get a – I was getting right into smartphones back then. Somebody sent me one. I resisted it as long as I could. And then finally when I get over there, I can get access to some of that stuff. And, of course, uh, the EU has a VAT tax, you know, uh, value-added tax. And uh, so if you're visiting the EU and you buy something, you pay the VAT tax at the purchase, but then you get this paper – and when you're leaving the EU, you get your VAT reimbursed. Okay, and so I bought a cell, I bought an iPhone and some other stuff. And so as uh, I was talking to the girl that was issuing this paper, where you get your tax back there in the store, and she spoke English, and uh, I was telling her how much I like Germany. This is something that really sticks in my mind, Ron. You'll appreciate this. And so we're having that conversation. I said, but it's just so nice. Everything's so, you know, uh, clean and neat. And it, it was amazing to me, the order that I saw there. You know, you go back to some of Brent's stuff, the order that I saw there. And I was commenting on that to her. And then she looked at me and she said, but we have so many rules. Now, isn't that an interesting comment? 
but we have so many rules. Okay. So anyway, that's a little bit about Germany. Ron opened it up. I didn't know you lived over there, and it's good that we can get off on some of these other topics and subjects, like this very important one of the Bank of International Settlements, a very important one of these great justices that were in our system 100-plus years ago, and the kind of people that we used to have on the bench up there, which I guess you could say Clarence Thomas and Gorsuch and a couple of those guys still still are up there. The liberals are dying to get them out of there. You know, they're so much, they're so hell bent to get Clarence Thomas. They called his wife into the January 6th meetings the other day. Did y'all hear that? They called her in as some kind of a witness or something in January 6th. Clarence Thomas, of course, is black and his wife's white. Okay. So, uh, those are the links and the extents they're trying to go to to get this conservative thought out of the Supreme Court so they can continue to, uh, proffer their maniacal tyrannical government so uh, right. yes roger yeah i uh, yeah i got one more comment um i uh some years ago i i read hitler's declaration of war on the united states and in there it's sort of like our declaration against uh the king he laid out all of the the actions and he didn't put it towards the american people or the country it was like a declaration of war against fdr and all the actions that fdr had taken that were really amounted to a, a declaration of war on germany by doing the things that he was doing that were illegal and he just went through a litany of those and laid them out I mean, you know, they he he gave something like ten peace offers to the English. He did not want to fight the English. He realized the common ethnicity of the two countries. That's why he let them out at Dunkirk. He he could have just about demolished the whole English force at Dunkirk, and he did not deliberately. And he let them bring ships in and evacuate the English soldiers, which are pinned on the beach. Okay, yeah. and it gets me sick. I, I mean, I I I. I I have to just get a little bit upset internally. I guess it's worn off at all the people that demonize Hitler so bad. He held the he held the forces back for three days, and then he sent them south. So you know, it's uh, uh, the these creeps have rewritten. Of course, who who now Hitler's the most demonized man on the, in in history of the world. Anybody disagree with that statement? Hitler or no. Alex Jones? No, Hitler. You know, Alex Jones is coming in close. He's still in the back of the pack. He's still with us, okay? But look, who's the second most demonized person in the history of the world? Trump. Yeah. Alex Jones is not too far behind, okay? So, I mean, they're scared as hell, Alex Jones. And now he's beat them. a common thread. Yeah, yeah, no (laughs) shit. He's beat them, Okay. (laughs) He's beat him. He's got that organization right there. I mean, it's shocking to me because I've been I've been known about Alex way before any of you people did. Okay, I mean, I caught him because of my radio awareness, and my in, 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 in my immersion in this information. I caught him when he was brand new and sneaking around the fence out at McDill Air Force Base down there in Tampa, and that's before anybody knew who he was. Okay. 
And so I, I've been with Alex as he's gone through. I used to listen to him all the time when he first got started. Then I got mad at him because, uh, uh, because I couldn't get to him. You know, see, I was on Joyce Riley's show three times. And once, the final time, Joyce asked me to host the program when she was sick and, and, and it, with her cancer and everything. And she had a series of guest hosts, and I was the first name that came up, okay? And so they, I was on there three times. I got a chance in that last one to lay this whole thing out. It's the first presentation I'd ever done with this as a timeline. And uh, so, anyway, his show followed Joyce's. And I know either he or his crew listened to Joyce every morning, okay? And so I would write Alex when after I got off there, he says, authors, authors at Infowars.com, and sent him a copy of the book. Um, I, every time I'd hear him use a word wrong, yeah, I'm a citizen of the United States, I'd write a note. And I even heard at least twice personally myself people call into on his show, and one of them went to the links of spelling my last name, okay? Oh, I know, and he does bluster off. But that was in his younger years, and I understand how this – see, this is a very subtle message here, folks. All y'all know this, okay? But they don't know it. And when you try and give this in sound bites, you just can't get the message across by giving it out in sound bites. That's why I've worked so many years so hard to get this down where we can concentrate on a, on a, on an opening line like, hey, you remember the Jim Crow laws? Okay. I didn't understand. I didn't have that perspective back then. And so I can understand where this goes over people's heads. Okay, and you guys can too if you're out talking to people about it because it's just very subtle. It's got to be the right person, see, and uh, or else they've got to be at a point where they're finally looking for answers. It seems to me it's got to be one of those two, all right? And so I got mad I, at I him. remember the Jim Crow laws. I yeah. <laughs> I know you do, Nadine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I didn't listen to him for a lot of years. And then here, I don't know, a couple of years ago, as this thing got heated up, and he's got a lot of the experts or cutting-edge folks on there, and I started listening to him, and I've noticed that he's gotten older, like all of us have. Uh, I think his focus is uh, much much more than it used to be. He's not quite as full of testosterone as he used to be, and he's really, really turned to the spiritual side of this and, and talks about it constantly on his shows. And... Uh, so, you know, and I've come to realize as I've grown through this too that uh that this is this is God's plan and God's timing. It's not my timing. Okay? And I just have to continue to do these shows, find you folks, build our base, get strong, get people educated, and when the time's right, the Lord's going to open the door. Okay? I don't have any doubt of that. And it, it, right. the, the more this situation exacerbates and the more people find out what's going on and the more people there are looking for answers just sets up an incredible reaction whenever we do hit one of these big platforms and throw this information into a pool of people that are pissed beyond words. Now one. No, oh. I'm not one to rub salt into a wound, but I'm wondering what he would say if somebody sent him an email. Uh, you know, if you would have listened to Roger nah, Sales, you, you, you know, and I, I, you want it, you want to rub people's nose in. He got his his nose rubbed in it pretty good recently with Max Kaiser. Okay, 
about a year or two ago. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Max Kaiser in the early days of Bitcoin gave him 10,000 Bitcoin and he lost it. Mm. Okay. And now there's the answer to all the financial crap they're dealing with right now. Okay. And Alex didn't have the presence of mind to see it off on his bull in a China cabinet approach and doing whatever. And there was the answer right in front of him. Well, here's the other answer right in front of him too. Okay. But I'm not going to pin that on Alex. I'm just going to say that back then it wouldn't have had the impact that it will have whenever we do reach it this time. Okay, and now we get to that big pool of people. We got a tremendous base laid out with a bunch of you good folks already, and now we got answers because we got remedies. So you got no remedies over under this system where you're there, surf. But when you move out from over that and over under God's laws, now we got access to remedies. We got access to common law grand juries with teeth. We got access to the Constitution where it says if you're a traitor, you get your ass hung. We got access to all that stuff, but we got to get enough people and we got to get to the point of getting over this line of demarcation where this is more readily taken up. And the, the, the advantage of the time in between and the anxiety for me and us is that it allows us to perfect our game where we can simplify this where it's easily understood when you do throw the match into that pool of gasoline. Well, yeah, that, that's the way I see it at this point. Time. Well, it, uh, you might know. Be the perfect, it, it might just be a big enough crowbar to get the door open. You know, Alex, if you would have listened to him 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been in court. Well, that's probably true. Although I don't know, slander and libel, I'm not sure how those fall in under this. But I'm, uh, without a doubt, they're using their system against him. So anyway, those are just some of the things I think about it constantly. And I just, uh, you know, I get like uh, Mel Fisher. You all remember who Mel Mel Fisher was, I believe is his name. Uh, the guy that found the Atocha, you know. Uh, he looked look for it for 20, 30 years, and every day he'd say, today's the day. And that's kind of the way I feel. Today's the day. Which day it's going to be, I don't know. But I know one of these days it's coming up. This is people are going to be more open to receiving the information we've got. And the illustration I would use, and I mentioned it the other day, uh, here, here, uh, just in the last week or so, when they're they're taking a bunch of calls over there at Infowars now, and uh, somebody called in and asked Alex what he thought about U.S. Nationals, right there on the air. Okay, and he goes, well, there's there's a number of people that are doing this and there's a lot of confusion and there's no certainty. And and he's right. Okay, I mean, you want to get you want to get David Strait's information on there. How about Anna's? Okay, but this is different. And all we got to do is continue to do what we're doing where we pull away from the pack. We've got all the answers. We've got the solution. We've got the remedy. Okay. And all we have to do is wait for the good Lord to open the door. It's his perfect timing. Okay. So anyway, Ron, thanks for opening up that line of, uh, of information. And I think there's a lot of folks here that had not been exposed to some of that. Roger. Yes. Now I got something. It's, it's sort of humorous. I guess you're going to have to understand German to know it, but I grew up in a very German community. My grandfather was born here yet. 
Uh, he his first language was still German, and the, the humorous part of it is he would he was verboten to speak German to us. It was forbidden. Verboten is forbidden. Go ahead for for the Hitler scourge uh, that was being propaganda guys on the country. They wanted to keep their heads low, so they dad made an agreement with grandpa because they lived in the same house together that we we wouldn't be taught german but grandpa used to say things to us in english like make the light out instead of turn the light off <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like spanish you know it's just different you know down here in spanish you don't ask you say you don't ask what's your name you know if you're meeting somebody that would be k is tu nombre Merca knows this, okay? K is tu nombre. What is your name? In Spanish, they say, como is tu nombre? How is your name? How is your name? Well, my name's okay. fine. Thank yeah, you very much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, very interesting. Um, and real solid background for some of you guys. Good historical uh, pen here for you. Uh, if you didn't know about John Harlan, you may want to go look, find out about him, a great American, Congressman Lewis, Lewis T. McFadden. Got to be, if not the greatest, one of the greatest true statesmen we ever have had up there in the House of Representatives. So uh, hopefully we'll get some more up there. Uh, the latest, I was watching Tucker from last night, this morning. Anybody see Tucker last night, by the way, on all this crap that's going on? Tucker is really exposing some stuff, folks. I mean, uh, he um, he uh, had Matt Gates on there, the representative from my part of the country, actually. He's from the Florida Panhandle. And uh, Gates, pretty good representative. Uh, he brought out and uh, that Blinken has gone to Mexico, and the president of Mexico has made a speech. They're trying to make the uh, continent here all combined, just like e- EU. And the president of Mexico gave a speech about Blinken talking to him about it. So that's their next step is to try and get us into the true North American Union. And I'm sure all of y'all would love to be under the guidance of uh, of uh, Mr. Trudeau Castro up there, wouldn't you? So you got the socialists up uh, uh, up above us and uh, the communists up above us. And you got the dr- Mexican uh, drug cartels running the country below us. So that's uh, their next move, and here it was exposed on Tucker last night. Okay. Also, the situation going on in Chicago, and I guess Pitzker is up for re-election, the governor up there, uh, who comes, of course, is from a Jew family that made their money in hotels, and uh, he works extremely closely with Lizard Lightfoot, that uh, atrocious mayor. Uh, that's up there. What do you think yeah. of her? Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. We haven't seen you in a while. Good morning. Um, so anyway, uh, that people are moving out of Chicago in mass. In mass. And some radio uh, host up there locally, and I don't think he's running for office. I think he just bought this ad, and it was running on the NBC affiliate up there. And it's some neighborhood in the suburbs of Chicago, and a girl's walking along the sidewalk, and a car stops, and two thugs get out. At best I can tell, they were raping her right on the sidewalk. Okay? 
and it was unfiltered unfiltered footage from a from a security cam and Pitzker and Lightfoot went absolutely apoplectic and forced the NBC affiliate into pulling the ad. Okay. So that was on uh, that was on Tucker last night. So anyway, enough of uh, my stuff here. I'm glad you opened up that line of uh, conversation, though, Ron, with Germany and the BIS and the understanding of how these creeps have uh, set this umbrella organization up. But that's the head of it right over there, right in Basel, Switzerland, right where you used to live, Ron. So uh, anybody else, any folks who want, got any comments or questions or anything? Good morning, Roger. Yeah, hello. Hey, Roger. Who's the female? Hold on. We're going to go to the female first. You guys know how it is around here. So who was the lady that was trying to say something? That was just me, Roger. Anthony oh. from... Okay. Well, yeah, sorry. I, I, just, I, I just woke up. I did a late night last night. Okay. Um, our TikTok... Um, well, I wasn't, I wasn't... I'm sorry. I wasn't accusing you of changing gender on us, okay? That's okay. I just woke up a little bit ago, so my voice is a little weird. Okay. <clears throat> um. Uh, yeah, over overnight we have twenty one hundred people now on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, because yesterday yesterday we had fourteen hundred and thirty three, and now we have twenty one oh one as of this morning. That's great, Anthony. Good work. Man. Yeah, we were doing videos and doing promo last night, and uh, we were up a little late. So, do you have any? Really are you got morning. any trolls on there? Or are you just yeah? We get them all within? the time. There are people saying all kinds of stuff, and we just you know, okay, thanks. Have a, have a great day. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we're, folks, but we have a, we have a we have a lot of good people that are that are really into information and they're really thankful for you it. You know, we're right at the we're right. Will at you the be point. my pillow, puppy? <laughs> I want you to be my pillow. I need a pillow. There no sweat. I can okay? I, I can share. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're right on we're right on the verge of this thing exploding. Can y'all feel okay. it? Yeah, it's getting it's getting really large. Okay. Um, one of the videos has fifty three thousand uh, views. And about uh, five thousand likes. I mean, here, here's my sense here. You know, for years, especially in those first four years in the record business, I was working with Mercury uh, out of Chicago, and Mercury okay, had got to get out. Hello. Okay, so Mercury had uh, Mercury had a. It was founded, of course, by a Jew guy named Green. And uh, they have a fantastic catalog, all the old ju- jazz masters. Of course, Chicago was a, you know, blues and jazz was a big uh, part of that because it came up and down the Mississippi River. Uh, you know, start jazz and blues started in the south, and because of the Mississippi River and the transit, and it went up to St. Louis, and went up to Kansas City, and went up and affected Chicago. So you had a lot of that musical influence there. And um, they had a fantastic catalog of all these old Verve. Verve was an old uh, label. Uh, and all these collection series and the platters and a whole bunch of stuff. But by the time I got with them, uh, they had basically... Uh, here's what happened to all the record companies, really, eventually, is they got the people with ears that could hear hits and had a feel for the music and they replaced them with accountants, bean counters. And that's when a lot of the music sensitivity and a lot of the, the real creative part of the music business left. And uh, Mercury was going through that transition just about when I got with them. They had had people like, you all remember Rod Stewart, Maggie May. Well, that was a Mercury tune. And I'll tell you how ten-eared these bastards are. Maggie May was a B-side. 
You know what that means? It means in the old days when there was 45s, they'd have an A side that they were pushing, and they'd put another side on the back side, another record, and they'd call it a B side. And the the uh, record that Mercury released from the Rod Stewart album of Maggie May was Reason to Believe. That's the tune they were pushing, and some jock somewhere flipped it over and put Maggie May on, and it established Rod Stewart. Okay, that's not unusual. It happened a number of times. Simon and Garfunkel, same way. But anyway, Maggie May was a B-side at Mercury, okay? And so by the time I'd gotten with them, they'd got some of their Jewish buddies in there with A&R. That's artists and repertoire. That's the section of a record company that, that works with bands, okay? Assigns them and develops them and all that stuff. And uh, they were putting out all this crap, man. And so I had four and a half states because they were also a bunch of cheap bastards. And all the other companies had a guy in Charlotte and a guy in Atlanta. And they saw this young kid with talent. They were cheap as hell. And they knew they could get me in the business and give me four and a half states, double the territory at half the money that they were paying these other people because I wanted to get in the industry so bad. And so that was the job I took. So for... That's a very interesting part of the country as it applies to the music industry. Whoever is, and this is in the old days, it doesn't work this way anymore, obviously. But back in those days, whoever was in Atlanta was always the hero of every label. Anybody got an idea why? It's because in the South... Are, are we're exposed to so much black music and we're exposed to so much country music that when any of the anything comes out of either one of those two offshoots not pop but black or country you can get it played on the pop station easier in the south than you can up in seattle I can take a black record that was real big in the black community and get it played in Atlanta a hell of a lot quicker than you're going to get it played in Seattle or any other part of the country. And so, therefore, with that homogenousness of the area in the southeast, any label uh, that had a rep down there was able to take and do the same thing I was able to do, is take those records that were popular in the black community or the country community and get them crossed over to the pop community. And, therefore, all those people were always heroes because they were always taking these records that nobody else could get started in the pop deal in their area and get them crossed over. Okay, And so my job was to call back in those days. It was before Newt Gingrich and them screwed up the ownership um, uh, ability. You know, back in the old days, the way the industry developed is you could first it was seven, seven and seven. In other words, if you were a, a, an owner of media, you could only own seven a.m., seven f.m., and seven television stations. Okay, and and you couldn't own those in 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 a single market. There was uh, monopolistic uh, uh, rules in there too. Ron, you know, just above you, a couple of miles there in Atlanta, you've got uh, the Cox Corporation is headquartered out of Atlanta. Did you know that, Ron? Okay, probably didn't. Um, the Cox family. Yes, I, yes, I was aware of that. Okay, well, the Cox. You know anything about the Cox family background? I do not. I, I just don't pay a whole lot of attention okay. to it. Well, but, I, uh, I know just because I was in the industry for so long, and I get into this political stuff too. Well, the Cox 
uh, uh, corporation was because the great grandfather, one of them, was a senator from Ohio. And as everything started coming through in the 30s, he got a hold of radio license, and WSB was one of them. Okay, and WSB is what's called a three uh, clear channel station. In other words, anytime you see a radio station with three letters, it's a clear channel station. And what that means is there's no other frequency on that frequency at night, especially where there's any conflict of signals. And they give those three letter stations a big 50 kW. Uh, capabilities, which is the highest amount you can frequency broadcast on an AM. That's why you get WBT out of uh, Charlotte is the trucker station and their signal. Nobody else is on that frequency and their signal goes up and down the East Coast. It's targeted for truckers. That's why a lot of truckers listen to WS, uh, WBT. Uh, WBZ WLS. out of Boston, WLS out of Chicago, WWL out of New Orleans, WSB in Atlanta. WSB stands for Welcome South Brother. Okay, And so the Cox uh, chain developed there in Atlanta before all these FCC rules came in. And Cox in Atlanta owns the Journal-Constitution, the newspaper. They own WSB-TV, one of the big TV stations, uh, NBC, NBC affiliate. I think it is. Uh, and they own WSB, another 50,000 clear channel radio station, and WSB-FM. So they have broken no other companies. They were grandfathered into that. You can't have that kind of monopolistic control over media. And so anyway, um, that was uh, – uh, I'd go around all the stations in the southeast in those days. It was This is what I was point I was trying to make. Uh, originally, it was 7, 7, and 7 on ownership. Then they changed it to 12, 12, and 12, where you could own 12 AM, 12 FM, 12 televisions. Then, Newt Gingrich came in with this contract on America and deregulated the media industry, where we've got these huge Wall Street conglomerates that own 120-plus stations. So, in the old days, you didn't have that ownership monopolistic control. And so a lot of stations in all these towns around the southeast, uh, small towns, you know, medium-sized towns, were all owned independently. And so what we do is take records of bands, especially because I was with Mercury and there are a bunch of bean counters, and they'd give us all these crappy-ass bands. Uh, you know the reason I left Mercury? They passed on dire straits. They had the exclusive right to have the Dire Straits band and all that music in the U.S., and because it was so expensive, they were on the phonogram, which is our sister label in England, so anything that came over from England, they got first shot at. They passed on Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing. If you can't hear that hit record, you don't belong in the music business. Okay. And that was, and there was another incident, I forgot the band, and I said, hell, I ain't working for these ten-eared bastards anymore, okay? Because I'd go out and call on four and a half states on all these little stations to get all these crap records played. And the, I, I'd have people, I had the radio guys tell me, he said, Roger, you're the best guy that calls on us, okay? And he said, but you work for a crap company. Go get a job with a decent label, I'll play everything you got. I had people tell me that, okay? And so, uh, anyway, because of that, 
my activities were to go out and find some of these stations that would play those records <laughs> and then see if they got response from the audience. And I got a sixth sense over all the years of doing that when a record was in the grooves and when it was going to start taking off. Okay, I could tell that from the stations that would play it. And don't, I covered North and South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Eastern Tennessee. There's a ton of radio stations in that area. Okay, I mean, there's a ton. All right, and so uh, I got a sixth sense for it. And the point of telling all of y'all that is that's the sense I get here. Okay. Uh, we're we're real close to breaking open. Don't know which day it's going to be. It's going to be one of them. We got the message. We got the answers. We got the remedies. All we got to get is the platform where we can reach these huge amounts of people. They're looking for what we got. There's a bunch of people out there. Okay. So anyway, uh, just to tell you a little bit about where I think we are, and it's thanks to a lot of people like Anthony, like Dan out in California, like Joe with his Rumble channel, and not none of those people did I ask to do anything here. Not one of Roger. them. Okay. Yeah, and Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I used to call on all those stations in Birmingham too, buddy. Uh. I'm a little sick this morning. I'm sorry to hear that. Get your eye. No, itera- not physical. Your- oh, okay. It's mental. Morning. Morning. Yeah, morning. I was. Uh, my roommate was oh, listening to that. Oh, damn- Mike was already into this. I'm gonna get the female next. Go ahead, Mike. My roommate's listen was listening to that damn uh, Supreme Court uh, hearing about that um, those voter. Uh, Reassigning the lines down here in Alabama. Redistricting. Yeah. It's all those damn judges, especially Kagan and that new black judge. All that shit they would talk about was the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment. That's all they would talk about. Yep. It was making me sick. Yep. The whole thing runs on the 14th Amendment, folks. Now, who is the female? And I tried to. Okay, well, finish up. I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I says I tried to explain to my roommate what it really meant and. He's a massive liberal Democrat, and he said, nah, 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 they're all racist. They're all racist. Republicans are all all racist, and I can't get it through his head. Yeah, it's pretty racist, I think, the relationship between Trump and Herschel Walker. That sure seems like a racist relationship to me. I tried to explain uh, Plessy, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, Brown versus Board of Education, Walm Kimark, he wouldn't hear it. You can't. You just uh, has he had, has he been? I hope. I'm gonna, has he been jabbed, Mike? Four times. He can't think. He's had his stolen. He always, he's had his soul stolen. You know what? You know what? It's always excuse. Same excuse is. Well, my mom was in the concentration camps in Germany. And I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with who, today? Who was? His mother. Oh well, did they kill her? Oh, was he, is he Jewish? Hey, no, he's Polish. Okay, well, so what concentration camps? They threw her into one of the concentration camps. She was Polish. Yeah, she was Pol- the Polish Jews. Oh, okay. So you got a Jewish a Jewish roommate who's been jabbed four times. Well, shit, I, it wouldn't surprise me. He doesn't listen to you. No. 
How the hell did you end up with him as a roommate, I guess, is the next question. (laughs) Uh, I know his nephew. uh, I know his nephew for where I worked at. Okay. We did computer work, and I've known him for like 20 years. All right. Well, do you have any apprehensions about having somebody as a roommate who's had four jabs and might be shedding on you? I thought he was, but I haven't got sick. So, and it's, you know, so I'm lucky. Okay, you are. I'd be real careful. Might look for a new roommate. Uh, who is the female that's trying to say something there? Good morning. This is Lauren from Pennsylvania. Lauren, one of my faves. Hey, girl, how you doing? What? Hi. What kind? Of, yeah, this is this is Senorita research here. So I know you got something to bring us. <laughs> I do. Um, I've been listening to a gentleman named Robert Michael who started an organization called House of Marcus, and he's very. He knows all about the 14th Amendment, always refers to this place as the United States of America. So he's, he, he, he's fully informed. I mean, he's, he's done some deep, deep law digging. Well, anyway, he was being interviewed on YouTube by Beth Martins, and the name of the, of, of the video was Safe Haven of Private Domain. And at timestamp... 4551, he mentioned that last year a candidate for governor was interviewed about the birth certificates and the birth certificate bonds. And he didn't mention the candidate's name, but he said the candidate replied, yeah, I was curious about that. So I called Vital Statistics, and they verified that when a child is born, we issue a bond. When you order a birth certificate in California, it lists bank note numbers on the receipt. Right. I'm, I would like to have that verified by the many of our, our freedom seekers in California have, and because so many of them have gone through this process, they have needed to order their birth certificates. Have any of them gotten a receipt that actually has bank note numbers on it? So don't. that's all I'm asking for the, the people in California to, you can verify this information. Hey, Roger. Hold on. Hold on. Let Lauren finish. That's all I had. I know people have sent that. me sites of where you can go on and trace your Social Security number and it comes up with information like that. I've never gotten right. into it because my focus is on the front end, not the back end. Okay. Right. Right. Is that website, right. so, sorry to interrupt, but Lauren, is that website House of Martin Fellowship? It's House of Marcus, M-A-R-K-U-S. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, I, but is it fellowship at the end of it then? But the No, it's just House of Marcus. House of Marcus. Is it .com or is that as a website? Lauren, is it at .com? Okay, or maybe .org or whatever. But .org. Okay, it's .org. House of Marcus, M-A-R-K-U-S .org for the audience. Kind of to add? Yeah, just a second. Go ahead, Lauren. That's okay, sweetie. If you put in a a search on YouTube, just put Robert Michael, and all, all of his interviews will come up. He's been being interviewed by a, a lot of people on some big platforms. Um, but where where I heard this was an interview with Beth Martin 
on her King it's a King Heroes series, and it was a it was safe haven of private domain. He also explains what's wrong with PMAs and why you really don't want a PMA. What he found was what you want is something called an unincorporated association, and he will quote you the laws because he he looks into okay. If I have to interact with this, this system, this world that we still live in, I want to know, how do they define things? So he looks up the definitions of things, and he talks about a, an event that was, that was supposed to be happening um, when the, the curtain went up on the pandemic, and they wanted to shut down, the, the, I think, I don't remember where it was, but the city wanted to shut them down because your people aren't wearing masks. Well, he did a research into their their codes, and specifically, private clubs were exempted. So he and his legal legal eagles got together and wrote some papers and said, "Well, we're a private club, so we're exempted," which they were. So he he digs into law. He wants to know what does the law say, and that's why I, I really like listening to him because. There's because it's something I can go research and validate myself. Right, and you're and very prone like, to do that. You're very prone to do that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> good that's good morning. That's, hold good on, morning, Lauren. Good morning. It's Marka. So that's why when he said this, I, I thought this was quite interesting because I keep hearing you know about this bond issue, and I'm thinking, well, how uh, how can that uh, how can I verify that? I want to know that for a fact. And Lauren, I, uh huh. I'm in California. Um, okay, Roger, can you send me those those Social Security email that you got? No, Maybe I can research it. No, because no, I it was I, I don't keep up with all that stuff, and I just told the guy I wasn't interested. Okay. He, was, he was trying to get me to go, oh, no, we got to go to this privacy site. Your email's not private right. enough. I go, hey, man, yeah. you know. We're out yeah. front here. Don't give me that paranoid crap. Lauren, if you can yeah. send me that uh-huh. data, if you have it available, you can. I'll, yeah. I'll post it here and on the Telegram group. Okay. Real quick on that Mark. bond subject, oh, Lauren. Well, hold on. We're going to get it. Okay. Who, somebody, uh-huh. Is that Anthony yes, or Joe? Is. Thank, thank yeah, you, thanks. Lauren. You're welcome. On, on that bond issue, I have a lot of information on TikTok uh-huh. about the bond issue. Okay. There you go. Okay, and I know There's Dawn. A lot of it. You know yeah. Dawn, who used to be around here, that she's gotten off on you know getting people out of their mortgages and all that kind of stuff, which is all right. I can understand where people mm-hmm. want to do that, but I got I got to focus here on on the front end of this because it's complex enough to people, and we're right. trying to build everything. And if people want to go off and investigate, trying to, you know, I had somebody write me the other day and said, Can, "Do you have any information on how to get out of a credit card deal?" And I wanted to write back and say, well, did you did you run the charge? You know, if you ran the charge, pay for the damn thing, okay? Right. This isn't about, I know it's a fraudulent system, but you did it voluntarily. You bought whatever it was, pay the damn charge, okay? Right. I try and stress well, personal responsibility some- here, not out crooking the crooks. Right. Well... Seeing as how the credit card companies run on a fractional reserve, fractional reserve system, just like the banks do, sure they, they do. need us. 
oh, to, yeah. to, to, to stay in business, right? So I started questioning some of the terms of this alleged agreement that we have. And I know contract makes the law. If you agree to something, it doesn't matter what the law is. You agree to it, that's it. Well, it states in there that payment will be made in U.S. dollars. So I wrote to them and asked them, please des- describe, define U.S. dollar. To, to my understanding, <laughs> there is no such thing as a U.S. dollar. And it also stated that I had to do business from the, my banking institution had to be located in the United States. So I wrote, and I wrote to them, please define United States. They canceled my account. There you go. Uh, also, if you do go back to the 1700s, you will see a legal definition of a dollar. It's 200 and something grains of silver. That's right. why they couldn't answer right. your well, question. Right. Well, you know, I, I'll just, just answer my question. So I'm going to sign up for some new credit cards, but before I do, I'm going to ask them for the definitions of these terms. I just I need to know. Well, you know what, what you can do, as a US dollar? Lauren, I saw mm-hmm. a guy on YouTube that was a contract, delved into the contract, a lot of stuff. You know where they send you your credit card offer? Because it's uh-huh. a contract, it's negotiable. And so what you do at the bottom in the small print where it says you're going to pay 24% APR, you just uh-huh. cross that out and put 1.5 APR and send it back to them. Mm-hmm. If they accept it, your interest rate's 1.5%. Right. Well, yep. So I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of playing with them. Yep. I, I want to know, you know, I need these terms defined before I do business with you. And, you know, it's, I mean, I was really kind of shocked because this was Discover You're- Card. I am going to challenge it because um, I asked them some legitimate questions. Yeah, right. And... What and what they did is actually um, uh, violations of some um, protection laws and all that other stuff. I'm sure it is. You should. You're playing uh, Mrs. Voltaire there, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the audience that doesn't understand yeah. that Voltaire, as big a scoundrel as he was, had some great insight. Okay, and one of them you can see mm-hmm. in this quote right here. Before we discuss. Let us define our terms. Define our terms. Yep. And law must be specific or it's void for vagueness. Yep. So, you know, to me, a U.S. dollar, that's a very vague term. Is it a Federal Reserve note? Are you talking dollars of the United States of America? Because the United States, the federal enclave, doesn't have any currency. It has never issued its own currency. The only currency it has is what it borrows from the private Federal Reserve. So you, so do you mean Federal Reserve notes? And how are you converting my check into those U.S. dollars that you say you want? Because I never deposited any U.S. dollars in any banking institution located in the federal enclave known as United States. So, you know. Folks, I want them, you to... New folks, Lauren, I'm going to interrupt you here. Lauren, uh-huh. how long you been with us? Seven, eight years? Oh, probably, yeah. I, yeah. I, w- I want you all to see somebody that you could pattern yeah. your activities here from. Okay? Because Lauren's just a bulldog in this research stuff. All right? She brought us things 
the reason we know so much about Plessy v. Ferguson is because Lauren found an article on a commemoration date here a few years ago about Plessy, and it gave us the whole background in the article. Okay? So hats off to you, Lauren. I hope you're a great example to everybody. Thank you. Okay. Well, it's it's fun back in the Pharisites in the corner. Well, it is. And now, do you, do you see what I'm talking about? This is a lady that used to be a checkout gal in her career at a grocery store. That's yep. that's exactly. Lauren's professional background yep. that brings her to the forum yep. here, okay? Yep. But, buddy, it, when it struck her, it bit her like it bit has bitten a lot of us, and you can see the result right here. You feel empowered there, do you, Lauren? Oh, very much, very much. It's it's so great to – well, well, like, like Robert Michael says, when you're reading, like when he reads the 13th Amendment, well, what's missing? voluntary servitude he said you know when That's you right. read their laws you got to read what's not there because that's where all the the, the hitches in the giddy up are yep they and either get so you with a definition people, or something you don't know that they've hidden or else they're doing that right there to you leaving things out legal by omission these are the slickest evilest satanic bastards that have ever walked the face of this earth are you yep. starting to see the value in learning the information? Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to thank, it's Paul that set up the um, website for you? Yes. Right. Thank you so much, Paul. Yeah. That, that is, that it's, it's so wonderful to have a place with all of the very good information that new people need to go and, and read and be able to download and reference you are an absolute blessing thank you so much well paul's one of the one of the many that's come here through the sarah westall interview that's where paul came from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i know websites cost money um do you want to take donations to help keep that running I, it's something I've entertained, but I try not to do that because I look at this as a labor of love. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Well, thank you very much. Many, I appreciate your generosity. Many hands make for light work. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have to yep. uh, thank Roger for hooking me up with that iTerra because I'm feeling fabulous. Is that right, Paul? <laughs> well, that's good, man. Yes. That warms me, warms me deeply. Okay, so. And and so does the wand. Yes, it does. That's too. what it does. It does. It warms you deeply, too. We've got a hit right here, folks, with this Itera thing, I'm telling you. I've never seen anything. It's, I've been met, messing with networking for 30 years almost, maybe more. And I've never can't remember a product maybe outside of carrot bars that had the applicability that this does in the timing that we're in okay mm -hmm. i mean it works it's cheap everybody wants to stay away from this corrupt medical establishment as best you can you can use it if you want as a vehicle to help yourself financially in something that literally should be in every household in the country i mean really it should Okay, and the people that have used one of these understand that. See, so uh, that's a that's a nice little present that the big guy gave us. 
Remember, we didn't know about this except for Kathy. Somebody sent one to Kathy with all her myriad of health problems, and it took her a couple of weeks of beating on John to look at it. So anyway, here we are with that little little jewel. Yes, who was trying to say something there? It's Samuel. Okay, hold on. Let's see what Lauren's got here in the tail end. Lauren, what you got? Did you check out? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, she's... Okay, go ahead, Samuel. Yeah, uh, gerrymandering came up earlier, and uh, I've mentioned this case a couple of times, but everybody seems just to blow it off because it's never been brought up and nobody talks about it. But this was one of the biggest blows to uh, a Republican form of government and against state rights, and that was the 1962 ruling of the the Warren Court, and it's called... um, um the the its nickname is one vote um one person one vote <clears throat> and they took all the states that used to have representation in the rural areas and ran all the power into into the, into the metro area into the metro areas and this is the first thing that Paul Preston if he gets his way here and splits the state into new california that that law is going to go bye bye, and know? we're going to get state senators from every county, like we're supposed to have, representing the people in those areas. Yep, yeah. yeah. Big gerrymandering's big, big been a big part of this. There's another story. I think it was on Tucker, also about uh, the uh, eastern counties in Oregon, just there above you, Samuel, that are actually have joining Idaho as a referendum on the ballot this this coming month yes and and, and the name of that case for people who want to read it it's called reynolds versus sims 1962 i believe or 63 and this changed this country so much it changed every county in this country yep and that's and we really they go that needs to be done under i saw something on this just recently on it may have been on tucker i don't remember where it was i watched so many different things but that's what they're doing. They take something like Chicago, and then they gerrymander it where all the outlying conservative suburb territories are all actually gerrymandered into Chicago, and it's that key uh, concentrated metro vote that's allowing them to do a lot of this with the representation. What, Roger, one of the first things I, I think it was Google Analytics did is to crunch those numbers and create districts like here in California that are about a mile wide and 128 yeah. miles long. Right, right. That kind of crap. And talk about gerrymandering. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, it's uh, it's coming to a head, folks. And, uh, you know, it just seems to me I listen to all these other people and things that people are doing. Nobody else has got a powerful sledgehammer like we got. Nobody. Oh. Uh, and Roger, sort of along those lines, Paul Preston is publicly saying, and he's got the analytics to back it up, that Trump uh, got 15 million votes in this state and Biden got four. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're trying to do something. He replied a three-page reply. They were trying to say something through the January 6th committee. Uh, trying to you know screw with Trump, and he wrote him back this three page reply and said this this was a uh, stolen election. He just came right out and told him that. So uh, we're we're 
we're uh, you know what's the I can't think of the phrase we're uh, we're racing forward to some kind of a confrontation here, folks. If you hadn't been able to ascertain that already, so uh, anybody, any new students or anybody that normally isn't with us on Saturdays that want to ask a question or make a comment, we'd love to meet you and hear you from. Hey, Roger. There we go. Who's that? Hey. This is uh, Dan from Southern California. Hey, you're just the man I was talking about earlier. Hey, Dan, tell us about what you're doing. Uh, well, I just wanted to comment on the birth certificate thing because I, I did it for my, my wife. I got her birth certificate authenticated. So when you get it back from the state of California, it has a cover letter on there, and it literally says bank note number on there on the cover letter, and then it has the same banknote number on the birth certificate itself. So that's, that's, a, kind of, that's a QCIP number. Well, no, a QCIP number has a very defined structure to it. That's like if a company issues bonds or uh, stock options or, or things like that, that's a QCIP number. This, I don't know what type of number okay. it is. I mean, it, it represents something, but I don't think it represents a QCIP number. Because if you go look at the definition of a QCIP number, it's very has a very defined structure yeah, well, you to know it, so. what the QCIP number is that's how they route the payment to the bondholder for his coupon okay. payment okay now, yeah I, I just i just wanted to confirm you know that there is in fact a bank bank note number okay. on a california birth certificate okay. well, there you go lauren um now dan dan you're you're a german originally naturalized right no, I think you're probably speaking oh, I've, I've, some I've, other I've, some other Dan. Okay, I got you yeah. mixed up with another Dan. Are you the one that's doing this seminar? It's the other Dan. No, doing. no, I'm I'm relatively new to the group, so well, I just Dan, wanted to chime in though with well, that. Yeah. I've got another. You got a Southern California student out there named Dan, who's a naturalized German, and he is taken to this like Lauren, okay, and many of the others, and. He's actually talking to some other freedom groups out there. He wrote me an email about it. Uh, and three of them, I wasn't familiar with any of them, but they have embraced the message and they're setting up a Zoom call on a Saturday with all three of those organizations. And he's told that between the three of them, we're talking about somewhere around 50,000 people. Okay. Who's rustling around there with the phone? If you could, somebody who's got the mute off there. I think that's there's two Dan's in here. Okay, well, whoever, whichever Dan's got, if you could hit your mute, there's a lot of ambient noise. You're rustling around the kitchen or something, and obviously you're not listening either. So, some could you somebody mute him, please? Okay, Lisa, whoever, who's the who's on patrol today? Who's on the Got jitsy, Who's on the Jitsi Patrol? <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Roger, I got a quick question okay. uh, in regards to the birth certificate. This is more of a hypothetical. Uh, uh, my kids, they're younger, and reluctantly I got them birth certificates. But let's say I didn't get them birth certificates or Social Security numbers. Would they be yeah. nationals, or are they no. still no, U.S. They, citizens? No, they'd be under the presumption. We've seen that several times. You don't have a choice anymore about Social Security numbers. Uh, children are issued one at birth. That comes from a GATT treaty that they signed back in the 90s. Uh, uh, okay. Had, well, both of my kids, they, they don't have Social Security numbers. 
but they do have birth certificates. Well, how did they get out of Social Security? How old are they? Uh, two months and two years. How in the world did you get oh. out of it without a Social Security number being attached, I wonder? Not that that's a problem. Well, I mean, no, right, right on the document. The one that well, we have one home birth and then one in the hospital. The okay. one in the hospital, uh, you, there's a, a checkbox there that says uh, do not issue a Social Security number. Because Social Security is um, it's voluntary. Yes. So you don't you don't have to get a social security number. Well, so I guess, but that was my question. You know, if if you don't have either of those, a birth certificate or a social security you're, number, you're still, you're still are you still a U.S. citizen or are you no, considered still, a national? You're, no, you're under the presumption, and we found that out through Tom Schramm, who had I his see. oldest son at birth, his young his youngest at birth at home, and then when he was trying to get, he intentionally kept him out of the system, thinking that those things are nexuses. Uh, all, all his life and so as he's getting older in his teenage years he needs an id tom tries to get him an id they he doesn't have a birth certificate the state department writes back so you don't have a birth certificate go to the georgia bureau of vital statistics and the damnedest thing happened that was a year of a census and they had, were visited up, uh, you know, um, uh, north of Atlanta, there's a couple of subdivisions up in the mountains called Bent Tree and another. Anyway, they were living in a rental house in Bent Tree, uh, a bedroom community of Atlanta, about 40, 50 miles north. You know about those, don't you? And, and uh, the census taker came by the house and registered the child's birth in the census, and it showed up in the Bureau of Vital Statistics, and he was still under the presumption. So for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, it's this overlying presumption, born or naturalized in the United States. There was a bankruptcy. Everybody's put in as a surety for the debt. Tom's uh, the mother and the father. Tom had never properly uh, gotten out of the system by uh, uh, going to the Secretary of State. He wants to fight it all in the state of Georgia, which is a futile effort. But so there's the presumption. Neither one of them had anything on file with the Secretary of State. The child was born in Georgia, born and naturalized in the United States. You're a 14th Amendment citizen. See, this presumption presides over everybody until you file something with the Secretary of State otherwise, period. Okay, so that being said, how, how do I, I guess, get my kids up the you system? Just, well, you, are, you, are you and Mom together here? Uh, yeah, 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 we're, okay, we're in well, the same boat. All right, we just write them an right. affidavit and submit it. Mirka, you got that kind of stuff on the on the Yeah, I just site. posted it. I posted it in the chat, and it's in the Telegram group, too. Okay. Just go okay, write them affidavits you. as mother and father, telling them they're nationals. And I'll, what it does for you with any potentiality, and this is getting pretty acute around the country because I'm even seeing it alluded to on interviews, that CPS is getting mighty active these days. And you want to take those minor children out of the realm of their jurisdiction. That's how you do it. Now, when now the other part falls on you is to raise them right, so that when they get to be eighteen, they can make this decision for themselves correctly. That's where the onus falls on you. Okay. Right. All right. So, who else has got something here this morning? Hi, Roger. Good morning. Who are you? Good morning. This is Annie from Southern California. Oh, hey, Annie. Um. So. 
um, I just wanted to. How's life? You. How's life in the insane asylum? Oh, it's crazy. It's still crazy here. Um, people are still wearing masks. Yeah, um, we're down here too. I'm shocked. Really? Yeah. It, it, when they're exercising, and oh. young people. Oh my god. And even walking around the, the universities yeah. here. So. <laughs> Honest to goodness, folks, and Annie, just hold your thought for a second. Is this uh-huh. not a national IQ test or what? <laughs> it's funny to see. I mean, People really. exercising and walking and running with their masks on. It is. It's crazy. I and saw a guy, time. listen, I saw a guy interviewed on, on this Tucker segment from last night uh, from te- East Tennessee. He gets called for jury duty. There's 95 people in the jury pool. And the judge, even though the state mass mandate had been lifted back in May or something, and everything else, the judge threw this guy. He, he, he stands up. He won't wear a mask. The, the lady that's overseeing the jury pool pulls him inside to a ongoing court proceeding in another courtroom with this judge. And he stops the proceeding, and he says, you won't wear a mask? No. I'm going to throw you in jail for contempt of court for 24 hours. And threw his ass in jail. Wow. Well, what I I wanted to comment on um, the Clear Channel stuff that you were talking about um, um, in um, San Diego here. Um, My ex-husband was a radio personality, and it totally ruined the radio um, community here. just after Clear Channel bought all the stations, pretty much um, everything went on automated, um, yep. and um, all the radio personalities and the local personality of the stations were gone. Yep. And yep. Uh, see that's where what I, deregulation but, does. That's exactly what it did. Now, back in the old days, you know, um, I would have to go to every one of these stations that were independently owned had their own decision making internally. So I could go to all these stations and and pitch records, see? And some of them wanted it, some of them didn't, whatever. But now, with these conglomerates that own 120-plus facilities, you just go to one guy, and he dictates what gets played on all those stations. Big change. Yeah, during 911, it was never more evident as um, to Clear Channel just turned um, all the radio stations onto one station. Right. And there's Newt Gingrich for you, folks. That was a product directly uh, NAFTA. He, he held a he held a session after the Congress closed in the fall, a lame duck session to pass NAFTA and pass this deregulation thing. That's Newt Gingrich, traitor, absolute People traitor. People like local. I'm gonna tell you when because I I lived right down the house, the street from his uh, office there in Cobb County, and. He came from Kennesaw uh, State University up there. He actually moved to there because he thought he could get elected through Congress because it was so conservative. And he was an instructor, history instructor, I believe, at Kennesaw State University was how he got his springboard. Well, after, if you all remember, some of you probably wouldn't, you weren't tuned into this back then, but when Newt got elected as as and the chairman of the, the uh, House, and so he appointed another gal from Kennesaw, and I can't. Harvey mentioned her. He just said he talked to her the other day, and I can't remember her name. Um, he appointed her as the house historian. Okay, and so all of a sudden, the the our enemies 
went back and started digging through all of her as they're prone to do and they found something that she had said in one in her phd dissertation and so they went in and and confronted and contested her being put as the house historian and she was married to a guy who's another professor there at Kennesaw State who was a political science teacher, real sharp guy. She It was one of those mismatched marriages, you know, where the wife is like a foot taller than the husband, okay? And so at my friend David Strait, who, the multimillionaire, who used to have this big Christmas party every year, and so he had assigned tables and stuff. Well, we were at one of those Christmas parties, and he put me at the table with those two, okay? And so I got to sit there and talk to him. And when they came after her as the house historian, as she told me this personally, okay, there was a meeting between Newt Gingrich in his office with Abe Foxman, who used to be the head of the ADL, and her. And she said, when Abe Foxman said jump, Newt jumped up on the top of his desk. That's Newt Gingrich, folks. Just FYI. So, Annie, go ahead with your... Yes. Did you have anything else to add? Well, I, I could. My father-in-law was a DJ in the 40s, and at that time they didn't have the salespeople like you going around and the actual stars oh, no, no. like like what? No, no. I was going to tell you. You, know, you ever heard of that, the label A&M? Uh, yeah. Do you know what that stands for? No. Albert and Moss. Herb Albert mm-hmm. with Tijuana Bull. And Herb Moss was an independent promotion guy that did independently what I used to work do for labels. And Mm. Moss took Alpert's Tijuana Bull, and those guys would just drive around until they saw a radio tower, you know. And they'd go in and say, here, I got these records. And then they had stock in their trunk, and they'd go stock the stores around and see if they had a hit record. That's how A&M Records started right there. And they made so much money in the early days. They're a very good record company, by the way. They made so much money in the early days. They had this excess of cash, and they went out and bought all this land that nobody wanted out there called the La Brea Tar Pits. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the basis of A&M Records is Alpert the musician and Herb Moss, the uh, independent promotion guy forming a record company. That's pretty amazing. Yes, it well, is. Norm, Norm was um, a DJ in um, Boston in the 40s and did the big band, and then when rock and roll came along, um, he was out. But he said that, well, he had he knew Frank Sinatra and a bunch of those people because they used to actually, before they did, they came around to the radio stations to right. promote their own records. Exactly right. So the early start, early part of the business worked very true hey roger yes sir was that herb albert yes the horn player yes oh wow he's one of my favorite horn players yep really really good guy i've actually have met him a couple of times very very polite very congenial very personable still a married man family the whole one corrupted by the industry uh i'll tell you who else is like that is santana same thing got a chance to meet carlos in san diego he's a wonderful man yep yep big family guy 
And Herb Albert is real popular here in Denver. Whenever he has a concert, it sells out immediately. I'm sure. And he's uh, another good guy. So, anyway, just some interesting stuff on the record business. So who else has got stuff they want to bring forward here this morning? Good show. I like I like these kind of shows. Roger? Yes, sir. Is that Dan? Hey, this is no, this is Ron again. Oh, hey, I just want to give a quick voting update. Um, yes, I, yes. I'm glad you brought this up. Go ahead, Ron. After we uh, we spoke last weekend, I did uh, go down to the voter registration office, and I I took a I had a printout in an envelope for the supervisor, and it had in it a a, a, a one of their applications, which is a state of Georgia voter application. The second page was basically definitions of citizen, resident, all of that. And then the third was my affidavit. And the the lady was, she was in a training session since I I think early voting starts in just a few days. And so she she couldn't see me at the time. And I left that for her. I did not hear anything back. However, later in the week, I did receive an absentee ballot in the mail and... I found that kind of interesting. So I'm still a registered voter in in uh, in this county, even though uh, I, all this stuff is is still up in the air. I think this is a real good point, and quite frankly, I've missed it for a lot of years. And I think it's very important that we can really press the envelope, especially here now, uh, with getting your status changed at the supervisor of elections office. Have you ever heard anything back from the state of Georgia, head of elections, on that? I have not. And when, on Monday, I plan on reaching out to the, the supervisor, and I'm probably, as you suggested last weekend, going to send the state guy an email and copy uh, the local lady and say, you know, looking forward to your reply, you know, something to to that effect because yeah i don't i don't they don't know what to do with it no and, you know you're damn right they don't know what to do with it it's a hot potato okay so and so here and, and i would suggest with the upcoming election which i plan and intend on voting in in my correct political capacity could you please address these inconsistencies boom 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 Bring out the certificate of non-citizen nationality. All U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Bring out that 1835 court case, Ubututu v. DRC. Include that in there and include a copy copy of affidavit and demand an answer so that you can vote correctly in the upcoming important election. Yeah, I think that is good advice. I'll I'll add some of that to, to what I already did. What they, what the lady in Spalding County received this week had 8 U.S.C. 1101-A21 defining the term national as a person owing permanent allegiance to a state, and then 8 U.S.C. Uh, 1101-A36, where um, in their nomenclature, state includes District of Columbia, Puerto right. Rico, Guam, etc. Correct. And so I'm just kind of going through and explaining that, and then at the end, I, I. I, and I put my name, am a resident of the Deserve State of Georgia, which is outside of the federal, quote, state of Georgia. 
And then I had a second line, I, my name, am a citizen of the de jure state of Georgia and of the confederation of mm -hmm. states known as the United States of America, which is outside of the federal, quote, state of Georgia. And I signed it. Good. Well, well it's going to be interesting to see how they react. they got plenty of, you know, they're back there scheming on how to keep Herschel Walker out of the Senate right now. So they got their hands pretty full. Okay. Herschel Walker and correct me if I'm wrong, is the way Herschel Walker is quite a quite an example of exemplary personal accomplishment in the state of Georgia. Okay. And if uh if some of y'all hadn't lived there long enough to know that that believe me, he's he's held in high esteem by all ethnicities in the state of Georgia. Okay. And San Diego, and he he shouldn't even have he shouldn't even have to campaign to win this election against that. Who's that pastor? What what's his name? That he this this. I call him Warlock. Yes, oh, or oh, War. What's his real name? Warnock, but I call Warnock. him Warlock. Yeah, Warnock. He's a that guy's a big a farce as there is. Okay. Up there parading another one of these preachers pretending to be some man of God. He's a damn animal. Okay. So anyway, uh, try and hold their feet to the fire on it, Ron. And I'd, ex I'd really would encourage, and I'm n I've never even said this before, I don't think. I'd encourage all y'all going down and starting to hold their feet to the fire on this electoral change. And this status change in your electing cap capabilities. Now, I'm not sure it may. This may make a difference at the federal level because it puts you into the electoral college. Is my understanding? Okay, could be wrong. I haven't ever really delved into this very much, but um, but I know that we all should be wanting to vote at least on your local election because all politics is local, and those are the things that directly affect you. The school board, you can see what's going on in the schools, your county commissioners, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it does have some importance. It does, and the other thing that arrived uh, for me this week, I ordered the uh, seven-set volume of the Great IRS Hoax from Fam Guardian, <laughs> and so now I have all seven volumes of it, and it's very nicely printed. It was like three hundred bucks or something like that, but right. it's just that's just such a detailed textbook. I love the the detail that they have gone well, in citing everything. It's, well, it's really to, helpful. You need, you need to write Josh back. And tell him you're one of my students, okay? Okay. The guy that runs that his name his name's Joshua Wallbuilder, and he's a retired Navy guy. And he is actually they tried to close those sites down in the state of California, and he fought them in court successfully. He's a, he's a heck of a guy. I get stuff from him all the time. We talk occasionally. I don't think he lives too far away from from me, so uh, yeah, we certainly could. Uh Get to know each other, possibly. Yep. Well, you might throw a shout at him, tell him you're one of my students. He's very familiar with John and Glenn's work, okay? And me, too, of course. So, good deal. Uh, anybody, well, I'm glad you brought that up, Ron, and I, well, I encourage you to continue to hold this this head guy in Georgia, supervisor of elections in Georgia, hold his damn feet to the fire on this. You got it. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going after it. There's... We got these bastards, folks. I know most of you understand that. If there's new people on here. We got these son of a bitches cold. Okay, 
cold, slaving, lying, frauding, stealing, murdering. We got them cold. They got no wiggle room. That's why they stand mute here. They know it. It's our people that don't understand this for the most part. You know, what's the common remark I get so many times? It can't be that simple. Yes, it can. And it is. Oh, I heard this week from a friend of mine who's everybody on here would know her name, but uh, I'm just too busy. I, I don't have time to deal with that right now. And I'm like, how can you not have time for it? It's the most important. That's how this thing just slips over people's heads. They don't see the importance of it because they don't understand this is the base tip of their entire power route. All their power comes from this. All of it. Of course, they got money and influence, but all of their power and their ability to get that money and influence comes from the fact that they're collateralizing your future income. Yep. Period. Okay. So good work, Ron. Especially for a new guy, man. I love to see you new folks come on here with all this piss and vinegar and go out and start stirring all this stuff up. But you can't do it, Ron, if you don't learn the information, can you? No. And that's that's a big thing. My first teaching opportunity in detail is going to be this week. I'm going to, um, since today is the, tax 15th october 15th deadline i'm going to speak to my cpa in detail and go through some of this because he he's just bewildered he doesn't understand what is going on with me i'm like we're not withholding any taxes anymore i'm done with the irs so anyway we'll see how that goes later this week well you know i'm gonna i'm again and i did this before but if your tax accountant wants to personally speak with me i'll personally speak with him okay Okay. Well, thank you. And uh, possibly even get him on this forum. He, he tends to be conservative, but yeah, you, you never know. People have been just brainwashed and indoctrinated, but, um, and I may be looking for another accountant or, you know, if I don't have to file taxes anymore, who cares? So well, you really don't need to, and, and it might not be that big a deal, but you're uh, your own businessman. And that's something that you ought to at least have in your back pocket. Right. But better yet to take the one you've already got an established relationship with and let's educate his ass. Exactly. Okay. Cause I'm so not I'll, sure. I'll be back on in a week or two with an update on that. Okay. That'll be great, Ron. I appreciate what you're doing, man. And thank you to Lauren for mentioning uh, that other site earlier, uh, the house of Marcus. I've never heard of that. I'm going to look into that. Thank you for referencing that as a, uh, as a resource again you see the power of our collective teamwork here teams always accomplish more than individuals always no exceptions okay many hands many hands synergistic many hands make for light work that's what we're trying to do here we got them by the short hairs we just got to get enough hands where we can all grab on there and lift them up and shake them So, who else has got else something has got this morning? Uh, I just want to say I've got most of the links captured and in uh, rogersales.chatango.com in case you missed the chat while thank, the show's on. Thank you, Mer. Okay, anybody else? Got a number of folks on the board here. Got any new folks that want to say hello? We'd love to hear from you. Meet you. We don't bite. I'll be gentle. Hey, Roger. Yeah. Is that Adam? Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Yes, sir. 
You hey, know, Howie. somehow I can pick up your accent. Yeah, that seems to be pretty easy, I guess. <laughs> hey, uh, you I got a pretty a, big. Some, you've got a pretty big game there this afternoon. For oh yeah, I I'm not a football fan. It to me, it's a distraction. I right, guess right. Well, most of the streets in Alabama, in major cities and minor ones, will be empty during that game. Go ahead. Yep, that's true. All right, so uh, I've been running down this property tax line for a little bit well for the past week just about and i think i may have found not not the key but just maybe a a key to pulling your stuff off the tax rolls but it's it comes in the the definition of assessment and it it basically the only reason you would have to have your property in an assessment, like get somebody to come assess it at the very end of all this property of all kinds and everything. It said the only reason is if the property is receiving a benefit. So if your property is not receiving a benefit of some kind, there's no need for an assessment. See, here's what they do. They float all these local bond issues. Like for right. school, your property tax pays your local school districts, my understanding. Okay. And any, like if they want a new sewer system or a new whatever system, they float a bond issue. Generally, you vote on that. Okay. Right. And if you've gotten that and you're attached to the system, you're receiving a benefit, aren't you? Yes and no. You don't act the way the benefit reads it 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 doesn't actually pertain to you taking something from the government like like they have to provide it's not a benefit to you for to have police officers or or to have law enforcement that that's doesn't right. count as that's right but because they because they got no duty to protect you now right they'll try and tell you that it is the same thing the same thing with sewer, everything else. You actually pay for that as an apportioned part. You so, or it's it's well, that's it's not. Doesn't come out of a tax. You pay a sewer bill. You pay right anything like that. But when they say the it's bill, for right? But the the bond issue was to lay the system. Then you pay for it. But the bond was the money out front to construct it. I believe. Right. Right. But this, this is, all of this is in commerce. Correct. So as long as all of the, it's so hard to find the Alabama, the Alabama administrative code, but most of the other administrative codes that I've read through, if your house is not in a, in commerce and it is your private property, you can actually run a business out of it as long as you still live in it right without there, there, having and and, we're, and what's the key word you just put in there private benefit private, private versus public right and they try and make it out they try and attach personal and real to everything instead of it being private right but right. i just found that so I thought I'd throw that in okay, there. Okay, good deal, Adam. Glad to see you. Obviously, you've got been bitten by the bug here since the first time this information crossed your path, which was and about yeah. a, which was about a, what a month ago. Yes, sir. 
Okay. So here's Adam a month into this, and he's digging into all this stuff already and understanding it. See? I think I'm going to start calling this show the kennel. <laughs> because of all the bulldogs in here because whoa, of the, all the well i hope i want you to all be rabid dogs <laughs> okay you know there is no cure for rabies so they say so uh good work adam do you said you got together with uh daryl and jimmy yes sir yeah, Daryl's traveling right now because I am uh, I'm actually assisting on a trust case for a family member, and I had some right. questions and was talking to Daryl about it, and was gonna, of course, I was gonna uh, ask Brent, but before all that, everybody wanted to go to a lawyer, and so we went in there, and they literally verbatim said the exact same thing as I said, and then. After she told everybody it was going to be $2,500 and left the room, I stood up and explained, do you see that this woman just said the exact same thing that I said, and she's going to charge you $2,500, and I'm not charging you anything. No, I'm only going to charge you twelve fifty. <laughs> right. I mean, I just, I don't understand. Well, like it's it people, just, see, they want to always defer to an expert. Right. I tried to explain, like, these people, even though that lady is a super nice lady, they're all on the same team. Like, they're, they're, they're playing on the other team, and you guys are trying to get help from them. And like paying, and paying them to get it. Right. Heck yeah. I could use $2,500 if they're just throwing it around. You know? <laughs> so what did she, if the conclusion is correct, since the trust was never funded, it's, it's inoperable and the trustee has no, uh, no power here. Is that what she basically? Absolutely. Yeah. Heck yeah. He ain't got nothing. I'm talking about, they tried to come all kinds of ways. These dudes sent a, a, a pseudo lawsuit through the mail trying to make everybody believe they were about to be sued and all okay. kinds of stuff you know you know what you ought to look into mail fraud yeah, i already did i got so i i drew up a letter of cease and desist i got fraud uh, mail, uh false presentment through the mail uh fraudulently trying to gain monetary gain through the mail uh fraud and the inducement fraud and the uh constructive fraud all kind man i went i, I think i put about 15 things in that season now letter. this guy this guy that's pulling all this had a questionable background too didn't you allude to he had some other judgment on other people he's trying to screw this guy in your church right this is so this is my great uncle went to church with these people and when i say went to church that's that is uh an ambiguous term with them because they're a odd branch of church of Christ. So they don't have a preacher. They have four people in the church. Two of the people are married. The two married people. One of those is the trustee of the so-called trust. The other one is the check writer for the church and their daughter is the insurance agent that decided she was going to value the property. Wow, a little nepotism, yeah. a little nepotism yeah. going on in the Church of Christ, right? And they look, and they even they no one knew about this so-called trust until 
a couple of months ago or something, and he signed this trust when he was about 84 years old between them, and it, there's a bunch of stuff missing out of there. They, you know, they didn't. Adam? It's crazy. Adam, yes, sir? have you contacted your childhood friend about this? Uh, the dish, Well, no, I haven't because you might want to. Well, him and say uh, another uh, an acquaintance of mine is the probate judge for Etowah County, Scott Hassel. You're a good guy to know in Etowah County, aren't you? Well, like I said, I used to get in a little bit of trouble, and uh, so I know him. And then after I quit being a dumbass. Uh, we all got to be friends after that. I did a bunch of work for him and stuff. Right. So. Well, uh, again, your uh, Etowah County is comes into focus, you know, and you got, unfortunately, Jimmy brought property in the adjacent county, so he can't really give you a hand in some of this right. in this manner. But uh, hopefully you and uh, Mike, you know, Mike's mother, Mike's from Gadsden, I believe. Didn't, right. Mike, doesn't your mom still live in Gadsden? Is Mike still on with us? I believe she does. Uh, yeah, so, she lives in Gadsden. There yeah. you go. So, uh, you know, we're building, folks. We're building. And, Adam, we're happy Illinois, to have you along uh, with all those connections there. And I would investigate uh, talking to your DA friend and showing him this for criminal prosecution or else going and seeing and seeking out how you could go after this guy civilly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I included that in the cease and desist letter. I tried to be, I read it off to Daryl, and he said it It seemed very good. I tried to be backhandedly forceful without it seeming forceful on yeah. its face. Assertive. Like, you know, assertive is the word. Assertive, yes, sir. Okay, now yep. did you go down to Garrett Daryl's place down there and see him? Yes, sir. Did you get, yes, sir. How are those greenhouses doing? I hadn't seen, see, I only went to the garage and me and him and Jimmy sat in there. We only planned on just kind of meeting for about an hour or two. And I think yeah. we stayed over there for about five hours. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that's a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, He's got good. so much knowledge. It's hard to take it. Like I, I literally could probably sit there and let him speak for about six or seven hours and me just take notes and not get even okay. a, a, and, a little bit. And again, uh, you know, Daryl, eight years ago, was green as a twig when he came around here. And look at him now. Lauren, right. green as a twig seven years ago. You heard what she had to say today. Uh, yes. All these other folks, you know, it's just growing and becoming empowered. Would you say now that you've personally met Daryl that he's empowered? Oh, yes. The only way Absolutely. is learning the information and putting the time into it. You know, it's a direct correlation. What you're going to put into this is what you're going to get out of it. It's no different from anything else in life. Right. Except with I this, you people. get bonuses. You get re-empowerment. You get freedom. You get exposing our enemies to the very core. And all those things are just peripheral benefits for you. Right. That's when I tell people about this stuff, that's that's normally, I think I heard somebody else say it, but that's one of their first questions is, well, 
when I get pulled over, they're not going to care about what this is, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to say to them? And it's, I have to explain like, bro, you, you have to really study this because this is your, now your way of life. Like you are a free human being. So you're going to live as a free human being. So you need to know how to explain your position to other people. I just printed everything out. Like I printed all the Supreme Court cases and all the court cases that say I don't have to have a driver's license. I printed them all out, got them in the truck. I printed out all my stuff where it shows that you can change from or you can correct your status from a citizen to a national. I printed that travel.state.gov page out. I just print everything out. That way, if they have any questions, I can just show it to them. Right. Or read well, you, it don't, well them. you don't want to have that argument on the side of the road. You want to have all that argument in your friend, the DA's possession. Right. Let them give you a yeah. ticket. Doesn't matter. Don't get shot right. on the side of the road trying to argue these points with somebody that's got less than 100 IQ and a Glock on his hip. Don't do it. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, I told my mom is real scared about that stuff because she thinks I'm just going to flip out and start well, going crazy on them, but I'm not. Like, well, that's, Adam, I'm right there. You're you're hanging you're hanging your history as a black sheep out there. See, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm other bunch of us here in the same exact position. We've always been black sheep. Okay, right. And here we are leading the pack now, folks. Okay. That's so right. uh, there's a whistler in the background. We're about over here today. It's a good show, though, today. Something different about these Saturday shows, and I really like them, okay? And I hope you guys get something out of it. We covered some real important ground today, all right? So anything? anybody else got anything in closing here before we sign out? Roger, I, I wanted to see if anybody had any information on a subject. Okay. You know, there's this guy called Walter Burian. He was, uh, oh, yeah. I guess, a yeah. a high-end accountant. Right. And if his claims are true, and that's they what are. I don't know. They are. He, he said there's no reason for state or local taxes that's right. that they're running a double set of books they are. and that everything is just really covered. Comprehensive for the audience before we get knocked off. Comprehensive annual financial reports is what you want to look into. The guy that did all the work on this is named Walter Burian. Every city, municipality, government, state, they're all running double books. And they got billions on the other book when they're soaking you for taxes. You can go look yeah, into that yourself. Yep. Education Association, but they've uh, switched the uh, acronym around to ACFR just to confuse everyone. Of course. And because there's... There's a K A F F I 